Well, good morning, everyone. We're excited today because we're going to start a new teaching series called Small Things That Make a Big Difference. I think one of the things that's so difficult right now is all the restrictions that we're facing and learning to live life with all the things that we can't do. You can't cross a provincial border to visit family. You can't jump on a plane to go on vacation. You can't visit a friend or a family member in the hospital. You can't get together with a group of your friends for supper. You can't gather in your boardroom with your colleagues to solve a problem. There just seems to be so many restrictions right now. And I think one of the things that happens is it just feels like we can't do anything. So in these next number of weeks, we're going to be talking together about what are the things that we can do? Because there's so many things that we can be doing right now. And they're the kind of things that really and truly make a difference. The passage that we're going to look at this morning is found in Matthew chapter 25. So I'll invite you now to get your Bibles out or look it up on your phone. We're going to start reading at verse 34 together. Uh, Matthew chapter 24. But let me just say a couple of comments while you look it up. One of the dominant themes throughout Scripture is that of the kingdom of God where Jesus is king and where he's ruling and reigning with his rules and people are living under his rulership and the kind of life that that brings. Heaven is the ultimate kingdom of God where there will be no more death, no more crying, no more injustice, no more pain for all those things, John writes, will be passed away. Jesus himself taught extensively on the kingdom of God, reminding us that sin and brokenness and injustice which are so, such a part of our world today, which are really part of the kingdom of darkness and evil and not how things will be when God is ruling and reigning. Which means that we're kind of living in an in-between time. God's kingdom has started, but it's not fully here. We live between the resurrection and we live between the resurrection and heaven. And so how we live right now really matters because we're called to live kingdom lives now. Today, as though we are living in the kingdom in the future, we live that way today because Christ is ruling and reigning in our hearts now. And so our lives should have a kingdom or heavenly quality to them today. And so we're called to treat people now as they would be treated in heaven, to live with the priorities and values of the kingdom of God now as though we were living them out in heaven. And if you're wondering what this looks like, you just simply look to the scriptures and watch how Jesus lived his life, and how living in that kingdom rule, how he treated people, and that's where we get our lead. So let's look at Matthew chapter 25, verses 34 to 40, and let me read them for you. Then the king will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was, in, I was in prison and you came to visit me. And then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you as a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go and visit you? And Jesus will reply, I tell you the truth, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did it for me. Now the first thing we notice about this passage is that it's actually set in the context of judgment. 
The day when all of us will stand before Christ and give an account for our lives. Now, ironically, in our culture, which is so passionate about issues of justice, we hate the idea of anybody judging our lives. But Jesus reminds us you cannot have justice without judgment. And that'll be a sermon for another day. But on this day of judgment, Jesus will be looking at how we treated others as proof that we truly are children of God. That our love for God is demonstrated in our love for others. That the gracious welcome Jesus has gave us when we came to him sinful and broken, we extend to others. That the generosity that Jesus has extended to us, we are extending to others. So is Jesus saying that all you have to do is give someone a a cup of cold water and you go to heaven? No. What he is saying is if you have surrendered your life to Jesus, the evidence that you truly love God is that you are loving others as he did. Now let me make a couple of comments about this passage. First is that we recognize that in God's kingdom all people matter equally. Jesus mentions that some of the people that in his time had lesser value than others and he lists them here. And sadly, 2,000 years later, some of those same groups of people are seen as less than by people in our day. But in God's kingdom, all people hold value as children of God. And anytime we come across a situation where people are being mistreated, then we are compelled to respond and to help meet the need. That's why we care for the poor. Because in heaven there will be no needy people. And if we're going to live as if heaven is here now, we care for people. That's why we speak out against the sin of racism, which is the fruit of the kingdom of darkness. Because in heaven, all people stand equally before the throne of God. That is why we stand up to injustice now, because in heaven, that reality will be marked by the Lord's justice equally for all. Now, all of this can be a real, can feel a little bit overwhelming to think about all of that and how do we live that all out. But did you catch how Jesus described us living that out? He said, do small things for one person. Do small things for one person. I was sick and you looked after me. Jesus didn't say I was sick and you healed me. He said you you cared for me. His examples are small, basic acts of mercy, food, drink, clothing, hospitality, the kind of things that any one of us can do. And Jesus simply invites us to start thinking about the one person. Who's the one person that God would call us to extend this kind of mercy to? And we know this. Because you've been on the receiving end of someone's act of kindness to you. Someone sent a card, they made a call, they dropped off a meal, they extended some compassion to you at a time when you were going through a difficult season, and it was a small act, but it made a huge difference in your life. And that's how God's economy works. It's transformational. Our small acts of kindness and mercy put in the hands of Jesus become transformational in the lives of other people. Like the little boy who takes his little fish and his little loaves and puts them in Jesus' hands and he multiplies them further beyond anything any of us could ask or imagine. This is what Jesus does when we give him our small acts of kindness. He turns them into a big difference. These small acts open the door for the activity of God every time. I love how Pastor John said it earlier already this morning. A small act of kindness that gets turned into 
a holy moment. In fact, you'll notice in this passage that Jesus says when you do these small things unto others, you're actually doing them to me. So let's just pause for a second and listen to a perfect example of what we've been talking about uh, from the folks who were involved in our bus ministry. Isn't that a great story? We've heard some great stories already today from Margaret and Debbie and Mickey making meals, Sean and Susan, Neil and Trina with their caring for folks in the bus ministry, and Barb Dickinson's 30,000 treats over the last 10 years. But I feel like I need to confess something to you here today, um, that that number is probably actually about 29,965 or so because Pastor Joe and I have on occasion eaten some of those treats while popping down to the mission just to, to see what was on uh, display for this week. So, Barb, our apologies. And when I heard those stories, all I could think about was how many other stories I've heard from some of you, both on the giving end and on the receiving end, of ways in which you have chosen to do small things for other people in so many meaningful and creative ways. And we know that as you do, they're making a big difference. Now, just before we move to communion today, let me remind you that this parable is one of judgment, but it's actually one of grace. Imagine that Jesus is giving us the final exam in advance. He's telling us what's going to be on the final test, showing us what the right answers are for that test as well. There are no surprises about what is going to be required of us in this life and what he'll be looking for on that day. Because Jesus wants us to know the joy of living a life of caring and showing mercy to other people as he did. So does your life reflect the values of the kingdom of heaven today? Is your love of God reflected in how you treat people, especially those who find themselves on the margins of society? What is the small thing, the one small thing that you can do for one person that when received, and when God gets involved, will make a big difference to them. Let me just read you verse 40 one more time as we close, because I feel it's kind of a commissioning for us, sending us out. The king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did it for me. Do you want to hear this as a commendation today, someday? Do you want to hear Jesus say that to you? Thank you for doing these things for your brothers and sisters and also to me. That is the invitation that Jesus is making to us this morning, that we would live this way. We live as if the kingdom of God is fully present right now, living and loving people as Jesus did today. Each of us has the opportunity to do a small thing that will make a big difference. So what will yours be? Because what is communicated as we do this is God's love for people. Loving God requires us to love others. As we do these small things, the love of God gets expressed to people. And if they were wondering if God cares about them, they will know with absolute clarity that he does. And isn't that what our world is needing right now? To know that God does love them and that they do matter. We're going to take communion this morning. And when we talk about communion, we talk about God's love expressed to us. So let me just pray for us as we begin.
Lord, as we prepare now to come face to face with what love looks like, with what mercy and justice look like, we give you thanks. And God, we just start to imagine today if each of us took this call seriously to do small things for other people, the revolution that could begin and the way that love would overflow from our church family into our city, that the world would know that God cares, that he sees them, and that he is there for them. God, as we place these small acts of kindness in your hands, would you do abundantly more than we could ever ask or imagine? And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen.